You are listening to OWC Radio, episode number 57. There's a lion on the horizon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to OWC Radio, episode number 57. I'm your host, OWC Grant. Around the table are the usual suspects, and we're going to dive right into Apple in the news. And we've got details on Lion Purchase for businesses and education. Who wants to take lead on this and dive right in? Oh, boy. Apple has released details on uh, what business and education customers have to do to upgrade to Lion via the and they still have to do it via the app store no download or no no disc option no disc no and i'm glad about that because you know what as as some of you listeners might know that we kind of railed on that a little bit on our blog and it's like if it's going to be painful mm-hmm. for end users it should be painful for everyone yeah well except for they're choosing the wrong thing and making it painful for everybody yes. instead of you know making it oh i don't know convenient i know but they can read the blog about that anyway yeah. uh basically they get a special code that they use to put in the app store and then every but they don't have to download it once they have to download it once but then right. they have to copy this downloader to every other machine which still has to be running the latest version of snow leopard mm-hmm. and then to over install onto it you um, know what just forget it. it should be easier for them to buy a new machine <laughs> oh yeah, that's basically. Forget the thirty dollars upgrade. No, 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 no. I'm curious as to what they're going to do. Well, actually, no, it's not even thirty dollars because it, you get twenty licenses for the twenty nine ninety nine for the business customers. No, so twenty nine ninety nine per license oh. with a minimum of twenty. They oh. just allow you to. Uh, I'm sorry, because I thought that was a good deal. I'm like, wow, it's no. almost two bucks a license now. No, no, but and that also brings up now are we because this is also for. Uh, Education customers getting it at thirty nine per license with a minimum of twenty five. Are they getting rid of the uh, student discounts that they used to have for educational well, discounts? My whole thing is the price is twenty nine and thirty nine, and thirty nine for education includes iLife and iWork. So I mean, it's not the one twenty nine upgrade they used to always charge, yep. Yep. or the one ninety nine family packs I would always get. So I can put mm-hmm. multiple computers for that price, allowing you to put it in all your household computers too, like, or any computer you have your iTunes account or your Mac account. Uh, yeah. up but you still have to download it. Yeah. I'm going to restate my case. Not everybody has broadband. Starbucks does. Well, if businesses don't, man. I got to see that business. Game over. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're not talking green acres no, here, but man. It, usually for a lot of... It's uh, harder in the rural areas to get broadband. Yeah, the yes, I, it is. Yeah. But uh, for like large IT departments... Now they're going to have to, okay, copy this installer to every disk. Now they're going to have to make sure every machine is upgraded to Snow Leopard. What if they're skipping it, a well, version? that's what they're paid for. And I think they're used to that by now. now there's been a large, there's been a number of IT. There's harder things they've done with IT. They, they've managed Windows stuff. So. There you go. If you can manage Windows stuff, you can, you, can, you can drag a copy of an installer over and work your magic. And I, think the, I think the big thing, though, is still you have to have Snow Leopard on it. Yep, that's a hard one. Because you're not going to be able to buy Snow Leopard soon. Unless, so the, unless, they plan on keeping, unless they plan on keeping Snow Leopard in the stores, you can buy the Snow Leopard disc and then upgrade. I think you're going to see a lot of pirated copies of Snow Leopard going around. Like, you got it? No, I don't got it. Apple saw it? Nope. You got it? Yeah, I can make a copy. Here you go. <laughs> Done. Because people are just going to eventually either want to, I'm not going to buy a new machine, and I know I can handle it, and I don't have Snow Leopard, so how do I get from A to B? Mm. Right. And plus, well, then there's always that whole tangent. It's kind of a tangential topic, but... Uh, doing a clean install of Lion when it comes out, you can't do a clean install because then you have you have to install Snow Leopard first. 
No, you could probably do a clean install. I haven't done the installer yet, but I'm sure when you download it, you get the option just like any other OS X. It's like perform a clean install, archive an installer, well, erase an install. It should be the same From what installer. I understand, it's supposed to run right on top of the OS that it's running. Oh, okay. And does it Well, I haven't run the installer, place. so I don't know yet. Well, no, after it's out. You know, mm-hmm. for certain. I, mean, I, I know I'm going to get. I always get the OSs first at home anyway, so mm-hmm. I'll have it yeah. for thirty bucks. At this point, I th- and you know, having been smacked by a couple uh, upgrades, plus the whole with the you know, font thing. Yeah. Well, the, the font thing, uh, the software compatibility things, and that was just ten six. And then you go back yeah, ten. A lot of software. The, usually, the first version is one that you know can sometimes be, for lack of a better term. Uh, Buggy? Yeah, there we go. There's a good. There's a good <laughs> that's word. Not like a term. So that's you know, a wait, term. <laughs> wait, wait, wait for wait for the plus one, or the point one on it. Nah, I like to be the early adopter, jumping with my feet. And... Yay! Oh look, it electrified me. <laughs> I wait. I don't wait. <laughs> I don't want to. I've, I've done every upgrade since uh, OS 10 beta, so I'm, I'm fine with it. I, I you know, I pushed an iMac, uh, the original, uh, not the original iMac, the second Rev Rev B of iMac on a. OS 10 beta. It was slow, but man, it ran. <laughs> it was it was actually more reliable on 10. It was just slower. Well, in other news, uh, with Apple announcements, they've put out some more information about iCloud, and um, it's interesting because certain mobile me services will be retained, and others will be excluded. So it's almost like. Sometimes I start to think that iCloud was created just to like get rid of the name Mobile Me, but still retain some of the functionality. It's Mobile for, Me too. Yeah, I mean, and but yet I think to Jobs it was such a phenomenal failure that he just had to like kill the name yeah. and start fresh with something else. So uh, they're keeping mail, contacts, calendar, bookmarks, find my phone, and back to Mac. They're losing the iWeb Publishing Gallery and iDisk. The iDisk I understand because the iDisk is becoming iCloud. Right. So they're not totally losing iDisk because you're, you're still getting an iDisk. They're just not calling it that function or having it work that way. They're syncing it versus you get yeah. a disk. There's a lot of people, though, that who, who used uh, both the gallery and iWeb publishing. Yeah, that's going to hurt a lot of people. And gallery hurts me. Yeah, I the, love gallery. And I know a couple people who used iWeb publishing, and basically right. mm-hmm. Apple has told them, eh, just go somewhere else. Well, the, the whole thing with iWeb was like the, the app's fine, and it was always you can, you can publish it through us. Through Momin, that's great. Or you can make your website and then get a domain and then just upload the files and it'll still work. So they can still build their website, but now they have to go either reassign a domain or whatever. Most of the people building it probably had like Apple, Mobile Me slash, you know, mm-hmm. Bob's Trucking or whatever. So they're not totally at a loss, but is, if they stop making iWeb, oops, because that helps a lot of people. I, I, I recommended to someone who was leaving my last place of employment. He was opening his own bar, and I'm like, try iWeb. And he's like, this thing's phenomenal. So before he left, he's like, thanks. I'm like, cool. Published, you know. He was a graphics person, but he was more of a you know, a production director, not a, an artist. Well, that's a say. story into itself. You go from graphics to running a bar. I mean, we yeah. don't have enough time to talk about that. But Well, he was a worldwide uh, uh, musician, though, too. He, he, I think oh, he so he was going to play in the bar. I think he was a saxophonist, too. <laughs> so, I was just going to say, and he just stopped having doing that. Mike here drove so, him to drink. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he's a good guy. He's just older, so he, he changed his, what he wanted to do with his life. So it's like, well, I'm doing my bar thing. So, And some of the people made fun of him, but you know, I didn't. And using iWeb to do it. Yeah, used huh. iWeb to make his site. So, I mean, that's, that's killer. Hopefully they don't kill the application, but they just kill the service. 
but they're also adding some things too. Um, iTunes in the cloud, which uh, we talked about last time, yeah, extensively. Photo stream, documents in the cloud, which duh. Uh, automatic downloads and purchase history, backup and restore. Restore sounds kind of interesting to me. I, don't, I haven't had a chance to really dive into that, but to me, that is one of the things that you know stood out. Is what what it, I don't know if you guys have really focused in on that or not either. But it takes away that whole fear of what happens if the data is lost. I like Time Machine. It's faster. Yeah. It's vocal. I can pick it up and move it. Stuff like Put that. more than one machine on it. Yeah. yeah. True. So I'm a big Time Machine fan. External drives galore. Yep. And say, external drives at OWC go nuts with them. Yeah, I got a couple of them now. I mean, we'll see what happens. How I really am going to miss gallery. I use. I don't have a big Flickr person. I want. I don't want to put everything on the web. I kind of like keep the galleries. You know, I only tell my parents about it. Here's the gallery. I can yeah, pull yeah. them and I'm done. You know, they're, they're real convenient, which is why I like them so much. Just hit share and it's, it does it. Get up to the minute information on the happenings and goings on at OWC by following us on either of our Twitter feeds at MaxSales or at OWC Radio. Or become a fan on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash OWC MaxSales. Well, as much as Apple uh, refines some things, uh, some moves they make are pretty well across Crappy. the board. <laughs> yeah, I was I, head scratchers, uh, people that are just, you know, we have a great cartoon or comic, what would you, image on our blog. When Apple really does something bad, we have a scene where there's pitchforks and torches and it's a castle and you know where that images from so um but on this one final cut pro x is released well, it's it, 10. well yeah um i always x yeah x um man uh, where to start it, it's been totally ripped apart by the professional user community uh even conan made fun of it there's the a barbarian great, no <laughs> Late night. Oh, Brian. Yes. Oh, that tall fellow no. with the red hair. Not not the early movie where Arnold didn't say much because he couldn't. <laughs> yes, but that also had James Earl Jones in it. So, you know, you and Grace, uh, Grace Jones. Jones, yes. In the second one. Yes. That's well, that was right. in the second one. I yes. was talking about that. Not many people made one. it to the second one. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Conan. Yeah, you got to see the video. Uh, that, that's pretty good. And so the reviews got so bad that Apple started issuing refunds. Um, it really just stripped out a lot of features, including some backward compatibility with older versions. So, um... the the main problem with it was they turned a pro level application and turned it into iMovie. Yeah, nah. I, I disagree with everything out there actually on it. I mean, I what people are complaining about is they made their livelihood for the last decade on it. Final Cut replaced Avid. You know, Adobe is actually offering Premiere specials and all that. Premiere never competed with Final Cut, and it still doesn't even the new version. Premiere's prosumer. This new one is not prosumer. It's just it's they're after to find stuff. Yeah, it's consumer level. It's not even prosumer. It what the sucks. pros are mad about, in all honesty, is they're mad that they're making their supposed hard to understand application easy to understand for normal people. They're making it a they, consumer level. There's still level. pro level color correction. There's still pro level audio correction. Soundtracks built into it. There's a lot of pro stuff they made easier. So you don't have to jump from app to app. I'm not saying they did a perfect job at it. It's the first rendition. They didn't even come close. They they ruined the interface. They didn't ruin the interface. They made it. They made it into iMovie. They There's a it, reason I stopped using iMovie. 
They also made it into something that was a paradigm that made sense when you were editing analog. People have edited digital for a Dude, last is decade. there like apple Kool-Aid in your freaking no? soda there? Because yeah, you're you're you, you you're sound, on, you're you on sound a, like I'm a sorry, total Mike, Apple that, apologist that, here. You're, you're like on a limb by yourself on this. I mean, That's everything fine. I've read, it seems like the entire video professional uh, community out there just you know. <laughs> that's why I was saying pitchforks and, and torches because right. they don't like their uh, their stuff challenged for them. They don't like having their entire workflow completely blown out the water. Well, and that's where I disagree, though. Their compl- entire workflow is not completely gone out the water because no one's forcing them to go from 7 to, pro- to 10. Hmm. They can Point. sit there. When, when if they I want stuck to on use Final these, Cut, these so-called high-end professional well, tools, they've got to go to you know, a Fisher-Price no. interface. No. <laughs> they're not, there's, no extra, there's no extra features in 10 aside from 64-bit. My first editor. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what it is. No. They sh- if they were going to do this to any of the Final Cut series, I, they should have done it to Express. I will guarantee in three years, people who are used to the new interface, because they're also complaining about change. People hate change. You change my interface. You change my workflow. You're talking about curmudgeon old video editors. Yes, then. I am. Huh. They gotta learn the new interface because the new interface, I guarantee in three years, it's gonna be they're gonna be able to do stuff faster. When the kinks are worked out, this is version one. I stayed with Final Cut four. And then I upgraded to like seven or what I actually upgraded to six. It's like I you stay with versions, you don't have to upgrade. They're not being forced to download ten and edit in that mode. They're not stuck that way. No. Seven's but, out. They can and still I got buy the a feeling suites. a lot of people are going to stick with seven and they continue should. with seven until well, any video editor Apple should. pulls its hat any of its vid- collective ass. No. It's- <laughs> any video worth their any video editor worth their salt should stay with their old workflow for efficiency, but learn the new workflow over time as they get more accustomed to it. When Final Cut was new, people were like, "Wow, you learned Final Cut? Cool." It was it was new back in '99. People learned it. It took a little while to learn because it wasn't the easiest thing to get around in, and they made improvements along the way. You're talking about a program okay, that's so ten I'm, years I'm old. I'm going to come up with an analogy. Take yeah. the American driving public right now and just say, you know what? You're not going to drive on the right side of the road anymore. You're going to drive on the left. It's now, not the same. Well, I don't know. No. You, well, you can't go back the other way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can. You can use seven. They're going to sell the seven suite for a little while, but people who already no. But if 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 you buy the new one, you can't go back and work on your old stuff. Yeah, you can have seven in line with ten on the same machine. Well, you're saying the two apps, but what Chris is saying is, is you can't run your old files on the new version. And most video editors don't. You move on and you you make your new workflow and you go forward. If you don't want it, they can go to Avid. They can go spend ten times more on Avid. They're not going to go down to Premiere. Premiere, I don't care what Adobe thinks. They're incompetent. Adobe does not make a good video editor. People use them. People in college use them. They have a timeline in there. You want to use it, go for it. And you're going to be like, oh. But then you're going to watch the person three years later after they're used to the new Final Cut X edit three times faster. And not only that, you get the 64-bit stuff that's really going nuts with Mac Pro. The workflow and efficiency is going to go through the roof. The that's why Final is Cut trying to redo an entire interface with... You can they can do it. And they'll, and they'll pull they they back can do it, but is it smart to do it? But no, it's not. Anybody who's played the timeline said it's better than the original timeline. It might it might be, but the, the whole, you know, you've got to have... You know, I'm not saying they're perfect, man. The, I'm just saying the workflow that they've studied... The design studied, of it is asinine. It, for now, because it's different. I'm just saying walk a mile in the shoes before you make a judgment. And, I, and the industry is going on upheaval. Like, they have to... They're being forced to go by... Final Cut 10. If they already have 7 and they're used to it, 
use it. You probably can use it for three, four years until you actually and hit sure the end of your workflow. I hope they do. And so Fine. Apple learns and goes, oh, wait a minute. There's nothing we for stupid. Apple to learn. If, if, if they're truly better and you walk a mile in their shoes and people are getting the job done faster, well, you're going to have they, more they, people out there video editing. You, if you make it more approachable, the pro people are just mad that more common people are going to be able to do their tasks. <laughs> uh, so they're making it. Oh, wait. Prosumer? They've, they've, they've lowered. I've been a prosumer editor. I wouldn't call myself a pro editor, but I've called myself lowered, a prosumer editor. No, they, they've lowered the bar on it. Well, oh, I guess. Let me put it this way, though. When um, let's see, uh, when Apple released this other piece of software, uh, there were reviewers saying it had a lot left to be desired, and they just don't understand it. But OS X's a decade later, and people think OS X is the best thing in the world. All I'm saying is walk a mile in the shoes and wait a little bit. People time will tell. Time will tell, time and you're not tell. being no, it, forced to go to ten. It, it falls under. The They're introducing of... a new paradigm. The problem is, it's falling under the category of Apple is just not listening to its users lately. Well, they are a little bit. They're going to have to fix it. They've already said there's certain things missing that need to get in there they couldn't put in there. In or they said OWC Chris likes a level of complexity and wants to be an elitist and doesn't want the average person to be able to do certain things. No, I, <laughs> the average person can do it. Well, I'll kind of put it in line with, okay, it's, let's relate it to iPhones and Android phones. Android phones are more for your PC people who want to tweak stuff and play. Well, I can't do this. I can't do that. So they're really specific on that. And then you got the iPhone people are like, it just freaking works, and it works fast. You're going to have this tweaker thing that people want to do all that stuff. Okay, let's, let, let's just use a, another parallel. We're going to beat this horse to the ground, aren't we? You use Adobe's uh, uh, Creative Suite mm -hmm. most of the time, right? You've mm -hmm. got a pretty well-ingrained workflow there, right? Sure. Okay, what if they decided to just completely redo their interface and make it similar to, say, Kai's Power Goo from you know, the mid-'90s? That's fine. They've already messed up Photoshop as it is. The marquee tool does not work as it used to. You can't do pixel-perfect selection. I've been pissed at them since CS5 because they, they ruined the marquee tool for me. I was able to do selections on the fly, and it, it actually be pixel accurate. Now that it fluctuates left and right on the pixels, they're incompetent. I know Adobe's incompetent. If you don't like Final Cut X, have fun in Adobe Premiere Land. You'll be right back in another year, and you've just been wasting some money and some time and a new workflow. If you think the workflow from 10 is different than uh, 7, fine. Go to Premiere. Have fun with that workflow. The only other option is the upgrade to Avid or uh, Sony Vegas. Have fun in paying for those exorbitant prices. That's why Final Cut Pro took off. It was one-tenth the licensing fee, and the computers didn't cost 100 k to have a suite. You can, get a, you can get a Final Cut suite for like two, three grand, and if you want a little bit more, you can get it for eight if you add it like Photoshop and all the other stuff. I think in the next episode, 58, we're going to take on the U.S. debt. <laughs> we'll solve it. WC. <laughs> <laughs> OWC Data Doubler and One Terabyte DIY Bundle. Now, yes, that's a long name, so I'm going to break it down to you. The Data Doubler is a conversion bracket that can go into any 2008 on-up MacBook or MacBook Pro in the optical bay and allows you to add a hard drive or SSD. So the cool thing about that is, and when I said 2008 on-up, it's all the unibody MacBook and MacBook Pros. You can add up to 2 terabyte of internal storage now. That's right. We have a new thin or super slim size, as it's called in the industry, 9.5 millimeter, one terabyte drive. So you can put that in your main bay as well as in your optical bay. You could even create an internal RAID array with that and enjoy up to two terabytes of storage. Now, you're probably saying, well, yeah, but I'm like that guy that bought the first MacBook and I still have it running. Well, that's called the pre-unibody style, and you can put this drive in the main bay of that. So the bundle itself is $174.99. That includes the conversion bracket or converter bracket and the one terabyte drive. 
The drive itself is 119 for you pre-unibody owners. And, you know, the cool thing about that is, is, and a lot of people don't know this, the maximum hard drive from the factory for those pre-unibodies was as, I guess I could say it was big as, but as small as 120 gig. And for more information on the data doubler and one terabyte DIY kit or any uh, DIY kit with the data doubler, I believe they start from $74. You go to maxsales.com slash DD. Microsoft, uh, basically they're losing share to Google Docs, offices, losing share. So they decided to sell Office 365, a cloud-based version of Office, to which I can only say, oh, good, the stability of Office with the security of the cloud. I can sum up in one sentence. You keep it. Wow, who's buying it? I don't think we even got into that because it's like, poor sucker. Well, I mean, you're always going to have enterprise people who are like, oh, I don't know, everything Microsoft. You got your Apple fanboys. You got your Microsoft fanboys because IT people like to keep their jobs. So they'll use it. But Microsoft does have a problem long term. They're not inventing a great OS over long term. They're not innovating. Their office, the need for Microsoft Office or a platform that is just using Office mm-hmm. isn't there. It's gone. You, use, you can use, I like Apple Pages. It's mm-hmm. faster. And it just does exactly what I need. You, uh, Chris uses a different uh, program, Millel? Millel, yeah. All right. I re- yeah, I replaced Word years and years and years ago. Yeah, I have I used WordPerfect. Come on. Yeah, well, WordPerfect was great. There's only so far you can go with that whole, I have a text editor. Wow, you too? <laughs> <laughs> I get it for 10 bucks on the iPad. I get pages for 10 bucks on the iPad. So it works better than Microsoft Word just because there's not so much bloat in it. Granted, there's certain things you can't do, like mail merge and all that stuff that some people do use in the whole office suite. But, I mean, if if you're out there and you have really long-term documents in a Microsoft Word doc format, it is time to get them into something that will work in other programs. you got maybe a five, ten-year window where people are just going to be like, I don't care. People always used to think you'd have standardization. Everyone would use Office. People are tired of that. They're like, I don't need that. I can right. do presentations in yeah. Keynote. I if can do send- my PowerPoint. If you're sending documents, you should be sending them as PDFs. Mm-hmm. You can, I mean, unless you want people to edit them real, real easy. PDFs suck to edit. They kind of suck to read. I've, I've never had any problems with PDFs. I, I've always preferred them, actually, mainly because they keep all the formatting, all yeah. the... I mean, the major rule the for PDFing on the, on the web is PDFs for print. It's for downloading and printing it out so you can read it correctly. If, as long as you have something you can save down to text or rich text format... Yeah, rich, I'd love to see rich text more widely I mean, supported. Because Microsoft was forced to say, hey, you guys got to start making your stuff XML so that way your your stuff's not so locked down in the, in the dock. And it's like, people, if you're out there, get your do data migration. Get it out of there. You know, the internet was already your point in setting it free. So if you have an intranet, you know, get it out of dock. Just get it into something else. I think what really bugged me about this story the most, not even that it's a version of Office. Mm -hmm. It's a version of the Office on you're in the cloud. Mm -hmm. What kind of self-respecting business would put all their documents in the cloud? It depends. Uh, I bet you it'd be like the super small type business would do that just out of convenience and maybe they can't afford any type of security or they don't know it. So they, they those would be the type of people that use they, Google they Docs They certainly too. can't afford any type of security if they're putting it in the cloud. Right. Well, I love uh, how you do that. Every time the, you do that, the you say cloud. That. I'm sorry. I have no respect for the, the cloud. cloud. Well, yeah, it's the same thing like I always say with Google Docs when you put your taxes in there. If right. you want, then how much are you trusting that to store your data? Then who actually owns it? You have that legal gray area. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. man. We could go on to this ad nauseum over past podcasts right. where we all hate the cloud. So the cloud's okay, but, you know, I think Microsoft is actually doing like a, we need to figure something out because we are going to lose market share massively over 10 years. 
you're going to see a major fall of from grace for Microsoft if they don't start innovating get out, get out of it. Yeah, they're selling a bunch of computers. Yeah, they're selling a bunch of Windows 7 OSs. That's fine, but you got your tablets and all that that are taking over the new order and stuff. The majority I think they just of need to have Balmer have another meltdown in public. I think it's time to get rid of Balmer. You got to get your innovators over there. I mean, I'm all for competition because Microsoft made computers cheaper. Macs in the early '90s were still 4K. You know, maybe he could go into politics and he could do that. Yeah, on a stage and oh, the Howard Dean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. It was maybe just really he could loud. Get Howard Dean up there and they could do <laughs> dueling yas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No. Now we were talking about a. Uh, Fair use, which is actually instead of the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, fair use is actually more with having to do with derivative works and such and parodies and things like that. There was a guy who actually ran into trouble with that. Um, he did a BitTunes version, which basically using uh, old Nintendo controllers and 8-bit sound cards to recreate Miles Davis's uh, Kind of Blue album called it Kind of Bloop. So what um, was the upshot? So, so the upshot of it is he did a cover for it, which is basically he took it like an 8-bit version of the cover. Well, the photographer who took the, that cover picture of that album sued him. And this is a normal guy getting sued. And this is like just a 20, normal guy getting or something, right? Yeah, he he he, he basically got shafted because mm-hmm. basically there there's four. He didn't, he didn't make any money on this kind of or, kind he of loop or whatever. He donated okay. it all. He made, he went through all the trouble of getting all the uh, the the rights for the songs. You know, he, it's not like he just did it, but with the, the actual cover, the the guy sued him, um, which is interesting because uh, fair use is kind of, for lack of a better term, kind of a gray area. Okay, you know what? I I got the answer for this. If there is an answer in this podcast, they're both idiots. You want to know why? And I'm going to do a grant rant here. Anytime you're going to beg, borrow, or the last steal. part of that is steal, is you should say to yourself, huh, I wonder if I can get in trouble doing this, and if it's not my own creative work, I should ask someone if they're okay with this. We do this every day at OWC. We're like, hold on, we need to think about that, whose is that, whatever. And then this guy who took the photo, the photo he's, a, he's just as equally he, to blame. He, it wasn't, it was a derivative of the photo. It was actually scaled down considerably okay. into like, you know, pixel art. Well, yeah, but does, that goes back to that whole image of, of uh, Obama. Obama and that person that like took a photograph and then colorized it and made it like a four, almost well, he, like a four. He took paint. the photo like at a timer. Yeah, was, we, yeah, some photographer that had it and it's like, no, you you made it in a and, piece and of he, art. And he lost that case too yeah, he because lost it's it. the basis. If if someone's giving you the basis of what to do with that, you should you just can't use that Make as an impression. Own. I mean, just go take a photo yourself. I mean, you know, we're looking at different doing different uh, graphical treatments at OWC, and we look at someone like, nah, it has to be complete. No way can someone look at that and say, oh, that is just so close to that other one, or oh, I can yeah. even tell where that came from. You can't do that. But the bottom line, though, this photographer that... that but uh, when you're doing it, but within those same rights... Um, you got me worked up here yeah. now. <laughs> there, there are four factors that come into play here. One is the purpose and character of the use. Was it uh, something new, copied verbatim? Was it uh, commercial? Was it... Educational was well, it a parody. Was only it a gets okay. a free ride? That's where people get a little confused. The internet and education has changed people's perceived behaviors of what they think is copying and illegal. Hence, people can download tons of music off off, off the internet and think it's totally legal, and it's completely. And, not. But I see no. what you're, I see where you're going, Chris, because these are very clear. Um, what would you call them? Um, in a legal term, like uh, case 
provisos or whatever, where it mm-hmm. has to meet these conditions. And, right. and I, I know I'm cutting you off here a little bit, the nature of the copyright, the effect of the use upon the potential market. Sometimes in trademarks, there's whether mm-hmm. there'd be confusion right. in the marketplace. And there is no way but, that... But this one, the amount and substantiality of the portion taken. That These are very Did clear. you see the cover in yeah. question? I... I I think I vaguely saw it when you guys sent it through for topic on this. But bottom line, the guy that took the, mm-hmm. the original photographer, he should be thrilled that he's getting this much notoriety. He, he couldn't buy this much uh, uh But instead visibility. he decides to sue the, yeah. sue the guy. Well, that's why I said they're both idiots. People mm. so, sue when there's an opportunity to make money. And, and, and where I was going with this, this, this four point, these four main factors mm-hmm. is – Anytime you're going to put any kind of faith into the legal system to find yeah. what's right, right there. Well, right. Because this is very cut and dry, those four mm-hmm. steps. But, boy, put it into the legal system and yeah, there's a lot of will go to Vegas there, so. and, you know, bet yeah. on red or black. It's better to settle out of court. I think that guy did settle yeah, out of court. Yeah, he wound up settling out of like, court. forget it. And he's so gun shy about putting anything out there. But, hey, if you're writing your own content, yep. Well, this fine. was a derivative. The whole project was a derivative right. work. And if he were a student and got paid zero money for it, it might be different. But that, that's why there's that gray area. The education teaches you, hey, you can use stuff. As, and then, then they also change a little bit. Well, you can use stuff as long as you change it enough. It's like, no, that's not yours. It, it's, if it's for study, fine. You didn't right. make a dime off it. But once you put it out there in public, and also the Internet makes it different because you can download it and put it out there now. And people go, hey, that's mine. I don't care if it's possible. That's even the tenets of plagiarism. Yeah. You can't take what someone said and then basically just rewrite it so that it's your it don't work. But it's, people are used to the internet being free, so everything out there is free. And it's like <laughs> it's not free. Well, you can't just reuse it and say you did it. Here's the grantism of the day. Common sense comes with a price. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at podcast at maxsales.com and we'd be happy to share your comments and contributions on an upcoming episode. Well, in other uh, protective and intellectual property news, the U.S. House takes up a major overhaul of the patent system to be determined whether it gets passed or not, of course. But it, There's a good use of our tax dollars. Yeah. Well, the patent system does suck, so... <laughs> But they're looking to uh, ease the lengthy backlog and uh, ease the procedures that uh, can lead to cost litigation and put the U.S. into the same kind of filing system that the rest of the industrialized world has. Never mind, we were first. But um, it would switch the United States from a first-to-invent system to first-inventor-to-file, which means you don't have to have prior usage and all that crap in court. You don't even have to have invented it. You can just say, hey. Here's here's my idea, and now you've got it protected, which I thought a patent uh, covered anyway. You you can challenge a patent, though, by saying, I invented it first. You prove your prior art to me. I have prior art to you. I invented it first. We're going to court, and I want your patent. Uh Uh-huh. So that so this is what it's being do- done it's to great, do. Then, it's, to the idea is to do first inventor to file, and once you're the first to file, yours. No one can. So it's like it. a. Tra- it's basically like the trademark system. Then. Yes, first ah, to do it. Okay. Versus going back and having people see you saying, "I created it first. Yeah. You didn't prove your prior art." I mean, the 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 patent trolls suck. I mean, you gotta admit that the companies out there that are just doing these patent trolling, they buy these patent rights and all that. Now the big companies will be like, "Oh God, no! That's that's how we maintain our IP." It's like, dude, compete. Yeah. If you can't make a better product than someone else can with your technology, let them try. You should be forced to compete. It's monopolistic, but I understand where people spend all their money making the stuff. They don't want people just ripping it off, i.e. Samsung versus iPhone. But 
they got to do something. If this is the first step in doing something cool, I'd say abolish the patent system altogether and let people go wild. See what the competition can do. Of course, companies with bigger money will be able to do more stuff with it, but sometimes you get the guy in the garage just yep. beating your butt. Yep. So allow that to happen. Don't sit there. Well, that that invention for the flying car has our uh, aerodynamic pattern into it, so uh, you can't invent that. Thanks. Thanks for suing me, GM. I guess now you get to keep the automobile and there's no flying car, right? Not that that ever happened, but that's a for instance. You know. I think uh, we saw that car at Area 51, too. I'm kind of a more Ben Franklin type of guy. If you invent something and it's really needed out there, like let's say, oh, the lightning rod, don't patent it. Everyone knows you invented it. Let it go out there for free. Other companies might make money. Fine. He was already rich. So he didn't need any more money. He just let it go out there. And we'll close the chapter on that fairy tale book. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. You can't just put something. I, I hear what you're saying, but, man, you're not going to put something out there that would be uh, uh, remarkable or, or life-changing and not make any money off Why? The I computer mean. industry does it all the time. They do it and break the patents, and they get sued later. Yeah, well. I don't <laughs> and see. they deal with it because it makes so much gobs of money, like, I don't know, Apple. And it's, oh, you want your $10 million for your minor invention? Here you go. Never mind. We have $60 billion in the bank. Yeah. You know, just let them go. Invent. You know, if, if, you, if you can't bring something to market because you have to pay a million dollars in patent fees and laws to it for an item that could be $10, a great $10 widget, then you're not going to do it. The patent office and the whole patent system inhibits innovation and holds on to the monopolistic practices. Mm. Granted, is it better for capitalism to have patents? Eh. Remains to be seen. I'll leave that to the patent people out there and the trolls to be mad at us and tell us that we, we're erring on naivete and all that. But come on. It needs to be rehashed, redone. It's just too much. You got lawyers just making money off it. But hey, they're in Congress. The lawyers? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And now, time for the tweet of the month. So this SSD has turned my laptop from a crotchety old man to a crotchety old man strapped to a rocket. Thanks. Hey, this kind of caught my eye. Um, Blu-ray, and people are always like, well, can't say Blu-ray and Mac in the same phrase, but Blu-ray playback does come to OSX, but not from Apple. And there's a uh, software player from Maco. It plays DVDs and Blu-ray, but you need to be online for Blu-ray movie playback. So I'm wondering if either that one of you guys no have sense. played with this yeah, at all. Uh, well, to me, this whole, you know, I want to play my movies on my Mac. I, it, it, this goes back to even as far back as DVDs. When I Why? Fir- when I first, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why? People were spending like $200, $300 trying to get their beige G3s able to play DVDs. When they could just buy a player and watch on their TV. Yeah, when they could have bought a player for less than 100 bucks. But that's not and much, cool. And much higher quality. Now, I, I, there, are, there are two I instances. The you got your pencil in my life. Does yours play DVD? Well, mine does. <laughs> it, it falls under. Does if, yours edit with Final Cut Pro X? <laughs> <laughs> mine does. <laughs> oh, then I don't want it. <laughs> All right, Lewis. <laughs> but uh, where's Ogre? Yeah, there, there's the basically point. two legitimate reasons why you may want a Blu-ray player on your Mac. First one would be uh, traveling if you've got a laptop and you want to watch a movie. The other one would be if you have a media center. So what you're saying is you don't want to no, pay those just... high those high prices in the hotel room to watch your own personal or, content, well, or if you're on the plane. <laughs> Oh, There's no. a third one though. If you're um, if you're mastering media, you won't be able to play it back and without having to take it into a player. Even though you will, you should put it into a player to make sure it works in a physical player 
for convenience, it might be easy just to burn it, flip around, test it out, cool, then you'll test it out later either. Yeah, the problem is the the real big one, and I'd say the biggest one, is the traveling option. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have to be online to play a Blu-ray disc, that kind of defeats the purpose. I if don't you, like the whole you got to be online. That doesn't make any sense. Are they tracking you? Are they, are they sending uh, a signal that, back? That, apparently, that's how they're uh, enabling the the copyright the, the encryption or decryption or whatever they're oh. doing with it. A lot of heck with that because your Blu-ray player at home doesn't need to be connected to watch a Blu-ray. Just put it in. Right, because they've paid the licensing fee. I guess the way the licensing fee is hand or licensing so is I'm, handled. I'm, I'm, I'm gathering that there's some harumphs here, then. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we know why there's no Blu-ray on a Mac. It's iTunes. Yeah. And it's also to do with the slimline. I don't think there is a slimline available that's a Blu-ray player, not that fits in their optical drive. Most people don't want to carry around an external optical drive. No. But you can. And if you don't use your optical drive that much, it makes sense to kick the optical drive out and replace it with like a data or get a hard drive in there or another SSD. Yeah, if, you, but... if, you're, if you're using it to watch movies on the go, best bet is throw a data doubler in there. Uh, handbrake the movie. Yeah, handbrake the movie. We've got As long as you own the movie our... and it's legal. Yeah, as long – yeah, it, well, if it falls into the category, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, fair rights. Uh, fair usage not, or not, No, not uh, fair use. Um, it, it, it's part of your Millennium Copyright Act, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It uh, basically allows you a uh, backup copy or something to that effect. And so if you're using that, you take a movie you own you or own a copy of, uh, rip it using like Handbrake or make well, it A lot of the Blu-rays out there do come with digital copy anyway. So well, just, that's true. You download it if you got broadband. It's a little hard on dial-up. There's still like a gig. So or, Yeah, and then, you, and then you can watch it on your laptop while you're on in yeah. the airport or on the plane. Or on your or, iPad, iPhone, or whatever. Kind of a big meh on Blu-ray coming to OS X. Okay. I'd rather watch it on the big HD TV. And also, uh, Blu-ray's a little scratch prone. Putting it through the slim things, it better mm, be it better be as good, good point. as the, it better be as good as the PlayStation 3's sl- uh, slot loader yep. if it's going to work. Or or flap up and down would be even better. Yep. Yep. Good that way point. Not worry about scratching your Blu-ray discs. As Warren Zevon once said, "Bring lawyers, guns, and money," and I guess that would be appropriate for uh, Congresswoman. Is it a shoe? Anna Ashu, Anna Ashu, D of California, wants carriers to come clean on the 4G. And the problem is, is that none of they're all calling their faster wireless networks 4G, but none of the networks meet the International Telecommunication Union specification for 4G, which needs to offer 100 megabits per second download on a mobile device. Yada yada yada. Hide behind the spec, whatever. Huh? Well, no, it just sounds like everybody trying to. Uh, put be the first to claim a, or claim or coin a tech buzzword. Ooh, 4G. Well, I mean, here's the problem with this, though. Without I mean, actually fulfilling the requirements that they should be. It's like any government uh, entity in the U.S. They're always a day late and a dollar short. They should have been doing this with 3G. How can Verizon call it CDMA Network 3G when it's even one-third the speed of AT&T's 3G network? Hmm. There's disparity there. 4G, who the heck cares? It's going to be faster. You know, AT&T's... 3G goes up to 8, 4G starts at 6 and goes as high as that carrier can handle. Problem is it's only in certain locations. So for the most part, unless you're in a major metro area, you're going to backlog down to 3G or Verizon CDMA, which is whopping 2 megasecond. Seems to me like a Congress representative couldn't download something and yeah. ticked off. Yeah, how come, it, how come it's going in now? And then you get the other thing, too, if you're in a major metro area... You have to worry about subterranean uh, wireless because you're in the L's or you're in oh, yeah. or you're in the uh, the subways or you're in you're in uh, like a Union Station in Chicago. You're underground for a long time until you depart. 
So in having signals there are different. And then there's the whole, you know, building inflections and different buildings. You get you get dead spots because it has to go through too many walls to get to you. So you got your network inflections there too. Bigger picture though, who cares about 4G when they're putting data caps and everything? I sure don't. So I get faster than my data cap. If they come out with 4G, they're gonna have to increase the data cap to like 10 10 gig a month. This two gig is a garbage joke. If they're going, hey, you can download your favorite movie and then go through your data cap in one day. Done. And basically, it comes down to Grant, cover your ears. Marketing being a problem. <laughs> well, they didn't say up to. That's the problem because yeah. with with you got too many variables involved. They here, said up so. to three G. Well, and they're using a telecommunications. I don't remember I'm ever saying that. I just heard 3G, 3G, 4G, 4G. That's 4G. what they're calling their network is yeah. 3G. They're, they're well, like it marketing. A, it's like a marketing But you know what word. 3G and 4G stand for? It's just generation. It's third generation, mm -hmm. fourth generation network. It is a completely different network. They're putting up new towers to enable this. It, that's all it is. And there's, they found a way to market it like how processor speed was marketed on the PC industry for a long time. It's like that's one number. It's simple to understand. Yeah, 286, 386. Right. Yeah. This, is what's, this is what makes it faster. It's the 4G. God, that's old. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's just the next network. And so people complain, how come we don't have 100 megabits per second in, like, in like Europe where they have that stuff? And that goes in a different topic of that, too. You know, why, why, don't you go, why don't we have that speed? It's like, well, you got all these government people, local, state, feds, all getting involved. It's also we invented the freaking telephone here, so we have all the old systems in place that have to be updated. We just don't leapfrog like all the other countries do. Like if you're in Europe, people ask, how come Europe has 100 megabit per second broadband on their phones or just 100 megabits per second broadband, period? How come it's cheaper? Well, they're a smaller country. Imagine having to change your broadband carrier every time you went from Illinois to Wisconsin. <laughs> I mean, there's a little bit different scale going on here. There's a little bit different government regulation. And, and, and most of Europe... Hold, please. Peggy, online now. <laughs> and most of Europe has some socialist-type uh, background. They tax you more. So it's you got to see if it's truly tax-subsidized. So it might be cheaper when you pay for it as a fee, but are you paying for it on the other end in taxes? And that would be the other end. That would be the other end. You know, I was thinking when I was bringing up acronyms for processor speeds, you know who would make a great guest on this show? And if anyone that's listening knows him, and yeah, I mean, I'm just totally... Steve, come on our show, please. Let's see. Steve, Jesus. I think Jesus, I'd be shot I mean, by the end of the show. Oh, um, Dana Carvey doing his grumpy old man, but on technology. Oh, yeah. Back yes. in the day, we used a 286 and we liked it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. His grumpy old man is funny. But yeah, government's just usually late to the game. They are here. Nothing's going to come of it. If you're going to uphold it to a certain spec that they deem should be appropriate, whatever, talk to the FCC. Have a nice day. Well, be some Have fun good. going against big telecom in the U.S. Yeah, there will be some good hearings it's on big that. Big billions coming against you with lawyers. Yeah. So you, you, if Congress has a lot of lawyers, you haven't seen AT&T's uh, floor or building. <laughs> Have a nice day on that one. Well, talking about investigations, I think uh, this is a uh, subject that I brought up for the podcast, and uh, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to watch the grant meter or the rant meter on this. I should say it's uh, HP is joining the tablet fray. Hello, you should have been not joining. You should have been there creating it. Okay. HP back in the day, and so here's my my crotchety old man. HP was one of, if not the, leading tech company in this country. I think, believe Steve Jobs had his first job with HP. Was. Or was it Was? Yeah, it no, was Was. Well, but, but Steve worked there, too. If I, if, cause, he worked at Atari with Was. Uh, but no, because there was, he, there was, in fact, the new uh, land it was a former HP site for the new building. 
and it was always near and dear to him to get that land for a Apple building because of his experiences at HP when he was a very young man. So okay. um, HP was, and I believe I've even read there are times where he kind of modeled Apple after HP because of their history of innovation and creativity. And to see that they're now joining the tablet fray, you know, the board of directors, the management there should all just ax them. Because ever since they had someone as their CEO, Carly, and then let her go after she totally disrupted the company with a what a $22 million severance package, people aren't thinking straight at HP. And to see that they're joining the tablet fray now, which I believe the reviews on the thing have totally panned it, it what are you doing, HP? So there's my rant. I don't know if you guys have anything more to add on it, but it's just pretty irritating to see that a company that once was noted for innovation is now a Me Too company. Well, it just goes to prove there's really only one company innovating in the computer market right now as far as computers and computing go, and yeah. that is Apple. Yeah. So, and everybody else is following. So after one year of the iPad being out, they have a Me Too product. Go yeah. figure. They have an OS that's not quite ready. That's not the same like two years. Their OSs will be fine. But they have a lot to catch up to. Then you have the the um, just normal Android segmentation. You buy on one device, it doesn't mean the app's going to work in the next device. You got all these different app stores on Android. And iTunes has one. I mean, how long has the iPhone been out uh, since oh six? Oh seven. Yeah, okay. Well, it was I think it was MacWorld. Okay, I guess it was, was MacWorld oh seven. January oh seven. Yeah, yeah. So came out in June. Yeah. So I mean, someone at HP didn't look at that and look at the people all freaking out over it and say, "Holy crap, that's cool!" But it needs a big, bigger display. We should work on the next gen. Everybody's waiting for Apple to get yeah. the wheel again. Because they all panned the iPhone when it came out. It'll never take. It'll never get market share. It'll never beat BlackBerry. Check, check, and check. It did it all. guess they weren't on the floor watching people looking at the thing like they had just seen the second coming. And I wasn't huge on the iPhone again until I saw one in person, then I had to have one. So I saw one in person. I'm like, wow, that's nice. Well, and I'm here's where marketing, Chris, uh, <laughs> and I'll show you why marketing matters. Anyone walking down that floor and wa- looking at the people jostling for position to get around one of those... The cylinders. The cylinder. The cylinder of glory. I, yeah, with the um, iPhone in it. I, I knew right there. I said, oh, Winner. home run, yep. grand slam. You, you don't get... Pe- and and, and the, when their people were walking away, starry-eyed. All excited. That, that wasn't a flop. And that it, was that was a that was a proclamation. That was didn't even a, get to touch it. That Usually was a it's the first time you touch it and are able yeah. to use the multi touch yeah. interface, yeah. which is what I'm a huge fan of is the multi touch interfaces. I like that. I like when they're intuitive. That's a great point. They yeah. weren't even using it yet. It yeah. was just the the form. The look, the form. Yeah. The screen actually does look phenomenal. It's better than when you see it in the picture. I mean someone should have got on the phone and called someone and said, You better start working on the next thing. Yeah. They don't know what the next thing is. They're too well, busy sharing uh they're too busy giving away $22 million to a failed CEO. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter to them. Who's now going into politics. Right. They're too busy being protective of their existing entity they already made, so they stop innovating and be real protective. Yeah. I mean, they're still innovating. They're still making products. They're just not innovating on the cutting edge. They're still spending money. So someone's cutting edge because you have the power of Steve Jobs and Jonathan Ive, and you have that corporate culture Apple has. HP doesn't have that. No. Very few companies do. They try to emulate it. You just can't throw money at it. Look at Microsoft. We have more money than Apple. You still can't invent better than Apple if you try to. True. Phone 7. True. Nah. Windows. Windows is hurting. They're still selling out. They're selling out the Mac easy. I still think, though, people still have pride in this country. Uh, they do. That, that it, the employee base and everything that I've read, 
Um, you go around and you ask former HPers what they thought of that tenure, and mm -hmm. my 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 take is like spooning sugar onto something. Mm -hmm. So um, there's still people out there that that do give a damn. That's why we come to OWC every day to try and make that difference. And I gotta believe that HP could turn things around. And and maybe it's not HP, maybe it's somebody else. But it's just it's frustrating to see. Um, that goes in the patent law again. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they're hoarding their patents to keep their stuff, and they're not inventing. Someone yeah. else going to invent them. Sue me later when I uh, when I encroach on your patent law. I make my billions of dollars. Well, we beat up on HP enough, but any other tablet maker out there too? Uh, Apple Insiders had a, I had an article on uh, Android users for smartphones are buying the Apple tablet. They're not buying the Android tablet. Huh. Wonder why? Just a better product. Yep. And the problem is price. You can make the same product, but you can't price it the same. If you're going to compete, knock it down a couple hundred. Make it cheaper. Although yep. Apple kind of hurt, killed them on that because when the iPad 2 came out, you get an iPad for 350 mm -hmm. Who's coming out with a $200 tablet that they're going to make money on? They're not. Right. Apple priced so darn aggressively, they're, hurt, they're, they're hurting the, comp the competition, let alone having them make an equivalent OS. I mean, people like some of the quirky stuff Android does, but I sure don't. What do I press next to go to what screen? I don't know. Just start flicking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> you come up with their marketing commit. Just, just start, start flicking. flicking. <laughs> just start flicking. <laughs> Been listening for a while and like what you hear? Let us know by taking a moment to rate or leave a comment on the OWC radio channel on iTunes. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to hearing you.